0: War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. Best lawn ever guaranteed contact lawn doctor of rhode island today now you can call them 401-392-1025 get a quick easy quote the best thing to do lawn doctor of rhode island they have a great website it's easy lawn doctor dot com lawn doctor dot com then just put in your zip code get a quick easy a quote your best lawn ever guaranteed take get part of their premium eight service program early spring spring lime late spring summer grub prevention early fall fall late fall Lawn Doctor, online at LawnDoctor.com You're listening to the John DePetro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website Petro.com. It is Thursday. It is June 16th and I have big news. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, well they did close, but you can look for them. Ron and Melissa they're going to be up on Federal Hill this weekend. They have the big festival it starts Friday night, runs Saturday runs Sunday for Father's Day And you can enjoy their delicious chocolate donuts, the best. Also delicious calzones, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. See them this weekend. Federal Hill. They're normally right in front of the Bank of America. It's going to be a big festival right there at Apples Avenue. Well, folks, there's an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal. You know, uh, $6 a gallon gas could be next. You know, this falls to the biden administration in their attack you don't hear a lot of people talk about this but it's their attack on fossil fuel that's what's that's what's driving this whole thing and they can try to ignore and pretend that it's putin's war and this other type of foolishness but now i also i think locally that the republican party especially those running for office i i think i think they're giving Governor McKee and the Democrat Party, a pass, that they're all Biden supporters. And the fact that, you know, they're, they're not even linking uh, Governor McKee with, with Biden. And there's certainly the assault on fossil fuels has shrunk U.S. refining capacity. What do you know? President Biden has suddenly discovered a refinery shortage is driving up fuel prices. Naturally, he's blaming refiners. Again, this is Wall Street Journal. Even as his administration doubles down on policies that created the shortage, in a remarkable threatening letter to oil, gas, Biden seems stunned to learn price rise when supply doesn't meet demand. He's aghast that gas prices are still rising above $5 a gallon, even as oil prices have stabilized at one twenty a barrel. The problem must be greedy oil companies making too much money, according to Biden. At least he finally noticed the dearth of refining capacity to process crude, which some of us have warned about for years. The U.S. has lost one million barrels a day refining capacity in the pandemic some new refineries have opened in Asia but the International Energy Agency recently reported global capacity last year fell by 730,000 barrels a day a major culprit is U.S. government policy some older refineries have closed because companies couldn't justify spending as upgrades as government forces a shift on fossil fuels they have to account for the Environmental Protection Agency Tighter permitting requirements. The EPA recently published its final renewable fuel standards for the year. Many of the American fuel call it unachievable. They usually are. One problem is gasoline consumption has been trending lower from last year's levels as prices climb. Yet refiners this year will be required to blend 10% more biofuel. Folks, again, I want to come back to this is Biden policy. Increasing credit prices have driven some small independent refineries out of business. Small refineries can seek a temporary exemption from the mandate if they show a disproportionate economic hardship. But the biofuels lobby oppose these exemptions. So they go into a little bit more detail. But the bottom line is this is not, you know, the, quote, greedy companies. In his letter, Biden orders the refiners to increase supply pronto. But they have to make business issues decisions based on long-term market expectations same is true for oil producers the president slams refiners for reaping record profits does he not understand markets refining petroleum is a low margin business and the companies lost money early in the pandemic as demand for gas and other fuels fell think about that no one was driving everyone was in lockdown shutdown stay at home so there was no demand for gas now margins have winded widen as demand rises again and the industry's capacity to produce them has shrunk the refining shortage was also predictable for those who follow events in california environmental regulations have driven refineries to shut down convert to biofuels driving up prices again biden demands the refiners propose concrete ideas to immediately increase capacity how about his administration stop trying to put them on a business folks another example where it's this administration, and I'm going to repeat what I had said, and that is the fact that I, I, for the life of me, I have no idea why the McKee administration and the rest of them are getting a free pass. Folks, I also want to just follow up, and again, uh, good morning, you're listening to The John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, it also, um, it shouldn't be lost on people, and I, I've talked about this. Have you noticed... That um, and and I want to credit our conversation with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. But he was saying, you know, Secretary of State Nelly Gobea. So she's running for governor. But as columnist uh, Dan McGowan was mentioning, yet you know she'll go weeks, with no press release. You don't see her. You don't hear from her. Maybe she's making the rounds, getting some endorsements. But it's not the traditional high-profile campaign, folks. I want to come back to because of the legislation that Governor McKee signed, I still don't think people don't realize statewide campaigns and races have completely changed and not for the better. It's all now about going out and collecting votes, collecting ballots, collecting votes. That's what it's really come down to. They've eliminated the need, the new voting um, legislation that Governor McKee signed on, Gorbea uh, supported this, the unions, of course, behind it. It they've and I still don't think people fully get it. It's it's no longer about bringing your thoughts, campaigns, ideas, if you will, to the public space. It's now all about going out, using the voter rolls, registering people to vote, collecting their votes in person, uh, having people go door to door collecting votes not this is not you know when people talk about the get out the vote effort they used to be you know organizing making sure people knew you know tuesday's election day or tuesday's primary day and arranging rides to the polls and knocking on doors and trying to get people you know can we count on you to go out and vote on Tuesday like that that was the get out the vote literally going into the neighborhoods and that's all changed now with this legislation it's no longer go out, it's no longer get out the vote, it's, it's get out and collect the vote. They now have the ability to collect ballots. They're registering people to vote. There's no one checking, there's no mechanism to check that all these people, that they're registering to vote, that they are qualified to vote, that they are U.S. citizens. I wanna repeat, there's no mechanism to stop someone who is illegally in the country from voting. Now, a lot of people don't fully get that. A lot of people say someone should do something. No one's doing anything, starting with the Republican Party isn't doing anything. You don't hear anyone talking about this. You know, look at this. Now, Celtics are on tonight, game six, NBA Finals. I think the only one who will run an ad will be the newcomer Ashley Kalis, the, the Republican, who doesn't know how the game is played. This is not, folks, you understand, they're registering thousands of people to vote. Some uh, They had a guest speaker like uh, two weeks ago, the Republican Party, and the guy came in, Scott Pressler. I think that's his name, long hair, kind of looks like uh, Tiny Tim. He, um, he said, look at that, I registered someone to vote. But that, that's not, you know, the, the, there's the group Dorcas International. They, re, they, they uh, registered 25,000 people to vote. Now again, no mechanism are all of those people citizens are all those people uh, Rhode Island citizens I, I highly doubt it. I think that's impossible twenty five thousand people you registered twenty five thousand new people to vote that's That's impossible and it, it's, it's the uh, kind of the old adage: One group is playing chess while the other group is playing checkers so but I believe they need to up. The ante on going after the Biden administration. All right. Much more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in... In ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, at med urgent care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost efficient healthcare alternative to hospital based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with at med urgent care. They offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. To the John DiPietro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. FM. You can always listen online at the website, to be time for our legal segment. Joining right now is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd and Tim, I'd like to just start off with what we know and just kind of walk through some scenarios with the missing person, Charlotte Lester case. And this is the woman last seen Monday night, May 16th. Uh, Her dog was found at Belmont park off of Elmwood Avenue on wednesday may 18th she was reported missing on thursday the 19th and here's the part i want to get to is she was known to frequent this home that i have covered anyone listening folks there's a a, we have maps and photos and video of staples avenue right up in appanag up from the uh, crow's nest so tim Dodd, i want to go to we don't know this conversation but She was known to frequent this home on Staples Avenue. I believe police were told that's where she was headed that night. She was with a friend down in the Appanag area, heading up to see the individual that lives on Staples Avenue, where she had been before. I even confirmed with one of the neighbors. They knew her. They knew her dog. They knew her truck. They'd seen her there, whatever it is, the last six months, nine months, what have you. But so late Thursday, Friday, Police, war police, show up at the residence on Staples Avenue. They ask the person in the house, "Are you so and so?" Yes. Like to ask you some questions about Charlotte Lester. Now, Tim Dodd. Again, I just want to walk through the scenario. Just this is more just so people have an understanding. Uh, you tell me, right then at that moment, if I'm that individual, do I have any obligation? to allow police in this case work police into my home to search my property
1: no not without a warrant
0: not without a warrant
1: no now police many times will say what do you have something to hide what do you have some some guilty knowledge you know and try to put the person on the defense so they're going to say well no i don't have anything to hide whether they do or don't call their bluff, let them in, start lying, and before you know it, you've talked yourself into getting charged with a crime. So, absent a search warrant, you have no obligation to let them in to do anything.
0: Okay. Now let me play. They say we'd like to ask you some questions about Charlotte Lester. Do you know her? When's the last time you saw her? Again, I want to go back to, in that situation, that moment, happened either sometime on Friday or late Thursday, owner of the home, his response? I, I got nothing to say to you. Is has he, is that a lot? Is that, has he broken a law?
1: No, he's, if, if he's innocent, well, he would have nothing to hide. If he yep. has some involvement, whatever it may or may not be, he's absolutely within his rights to say, I'm not answering questions. He yep. has that constitutional right. Now, the cops might say, well, he's not talking. He must, he must have done it. We have suspicions. The media yeah. might think, well, he's done it. He must have suspicions. And those suspicions may be justified. Only time will tell. But he's smart to say, I'm not saying nothing.
0: Yep, And, and I want the, the people, listeners, to understand that situation that I just laid out, uh, under the, he is under no obligation to say not only say say anything then at any point, Tim Dodd. It's it's the ultimate. Again, now people, this can can lead to suspicion with the police. It could lead to charges. Could lead to someone inside a courtroom. But at no point, under the law, I just say this because some people say, well, at some point he's going to answer questions. I keep trying to explain. Absolutely not. Could be like, hey, listen, I'm not letting you in. Uh, maybe i'm that person maybe i'm not i got nothing to say to you get off my property with absent of a warrant there. that's that's where it could end right there and may have ended as a matter of fact
1: and i've said many times on your show yep i get calls all the time tim i just got a call from the abc police department they yep. want to ask me questions about such and such an event well no you don't have to go in Right. Really I don't have to people think you know yes. they've got to go in. no, you don't right And I typically say no, you're not going. Give me the cops phone number, give me the name and number I'll call him and say you're not coming in. Now typically what a lawyer would say is he's not he or she is not coming in but if you decide you're going to issue an arrest warrant, let us know and we'll voluntarily present so you don't have to come make a big scene. Sure. Absent that we're not saying anything yeah. and that's the correct approach.
0: Okay. Now, we what well, we don't know, and I don't think we would unless this somehow becomes a case and charges and so forth. And then I've been there in the preliminary hearing when they say, you know, law enforcement went down, blah, blah, blah. But, but Tim Dodd, at some point, sticking with that first week, now on that Saturday, Warwick police did return to the premises on Staples Avenue. They then put crime scene tape around the property, and they are still— people's avenue that would lead us to believe that no we don't know if the person said you can come in and look around or but tim dot here's the thing for them to be able to stay there as long as they have let's just say and i realize we're dealing in hypotheticals but i'm trying to play out if, if they went to a judge and said you know we went to this individual and the person's not cooperating can we get a search warrant I, again i don't know if that would be enough we don't know what's in the search warrant maybe it was backed up to by a, a, a neighbor maybe a video maybe a neighbor said yeah i, I saw her truck there whatever it may be um but what would it entail for ju- could in other words could it, would a judge just sign off saying because the guy wouldn't like let them come in and look around.
1: No, that wouldn't be enough. No, not at all. They'd have to have some other um, basis for having a reasonable suspicion. Many times, not this case, but in drug cases, there's a confidential informant. Somebody has ratted out somebody else. Uh, They've done surveillance. Uh, They have video. They've got phone records. They got something. But if they have no physical evidence against this uh, guy, and he's not speaking they can't say judge he's not talking so we need a search warrant so we can go find stuff out on our own that would not be sufficient
0: okay now warwick police as i said not only went in there on saturday may 21st they have remained at the property still a missing person case no one has been charged there was a report i think police confirmed or a neighbor that they were seen draining the septic tank in the back of the house now tim dodd the police all they did was confirm that a search warrant was executed at the home on staples avenue connected i believe they mentioned it was connected to the missing person case of charlotte lester what what would should we glean from the fact that they're still sitting on the premises would in other words would it be fair to say that they obviously found something that piqued their interest
1: Well, clearly there's something that has their interest and we can presume with pretty, pretty good guess that they, the cops have a lot more info than they're letting on right now. If they're looking through septic systems, et cetera, you know, many times they'll go as far as to, um, Look at the washer or dryer. Look at the uh look at mm. the pipes leading away from the washing machine. Let's assume there's bloody clothes. This again, this is all speculative. Yeah. They would be looking potentially through the drainage system to see if there's any, you know, mm. blood or DNA evidence. Um, let's assume they find it. Apparently, this is a house she frequented. So right. we can presume. There's hair samples in there. We can presume there's all sorts of genetic material that would identify her as being in the house. We would expect that she'd be in the house. So unless there's some blood evidence or some evidence that would suggest a struggle, and again, these are all way hypothetical, um, I'm not sure what they would find that would be inconsistent with the fact of a person having been there frequently. Now, the dog is certainly a question mark. Apparently, yeah. this woman never went anywhere without her dog. Right. So let's assume she was abducted. The dog is making a scene. They throw the dog out of the car or they, you know, they um, get rid the of dog the dog, escapes. so to speak. Yeah. Or the dog could have escaped yeah. from a um, a physical confrontation, let's say. Now... I don't know what kind of dog this is. I don't know how protective the dog is, but the fact that this dog is separated from uh, an owner who was very attached to the dog doesn't bode well for, you know, a good ending for this case. Again, it's all speculative, but it doesn't bode well for a good ending to this thing. They also found, um, Cops didn't find it. I I think it was people who were searching the neighborhood and searching the area find these notes. Yeah, find Ken Hospital. I don't know if you want to call them love notes or whatever Mm, you want to call them. Yeah. Um, Do we know that this guy is the guy that sent them? Can they prove it? Have they done a handwriting analysis versus known exemplars of his handwriting? Um, And even if it's the case, what does it mean? Maybe she mm-hmm. liked these notes. Maybe she had them in her pocket. Maybe they were in her handbag. Maybe, yep. again, I'm assuming a lot. And maybe if her handbag was taken, those things were thrown out before um, she and they left the scene, assuming yep. there's a she and a they leaving the scene. But to get back to your point about should this guy be speaking, um, it's no. more of
0: how how they ended up in the house. I think is more my
1: well, yeah, uh, th- point. But, yeah, and and I think you brought up on your air, and I don't want to repeat what you've already discussed. No, right. But Scott Peterson, Lacy yes. Peterson, huh. He would. I went
0: fishing. <laughs> we what we an, an idiot! Fishing right here in the bay, really. That's funny. That's right where the then two weeks later, the body washed up or a week later. Because
1: he had the arrogance to think that he had effectively disposed of her body by weighting it down. He didn't think that, you know, tides tides. and when bodies decompose, body parts separate Mm. and different parts of a body might wash up on shore. So he was arrogant enough to think that he could sort of tell the truth and that they would never figure it out because she was never going to wash up. Had he kept his mouth shut and say, where have you been for the last day? I'm not telling you. What did you do? I'm not telling you. So now, weeks later, a body washes up. If he hadn't committed to a story, which puts him right there, (laughs) right there, um, they would have had a hard time prosecuting him.
0: Yeah. Tim Dodd, one final question um, with Charlie Lester. Right now, it's, you know, mid-June. Possible, the, the police sitting on the house, July 4th? Are they maybe still sitting there 24 hours a day, seven days a week around the clock with a a police, uh, with the houses sealed off?
1: Only if they're able to articulate in an affidavit sufficient facts to induce a judge to continue the the active warrant. It's extremely unusual. I'm not sure what they're expecting um, to change in terms of the physical uh, situation and whatever the evidence could be that's... Mm. um, that they haven't already looked at, you know, unless they're going to start digging up the backyard to see if there's any evidence.
0: Yeah. A police officer said to me, that's what's so uncommon. It's just so long. Most of the time, a lot of like, get a, a search warrant for a drug raid they're in and out of the same day. I've covered murders that two days later, the tape is gone and the house is, Looks like nothing ever happened. Rather unusual. Going week oh, four now. It's right? very
1: unusual. Yes, because yeah. they would have got the evidence they wanted. They would have looked at his computer. They would have looked at his phone. They would have taken any physical samples. They would have photographed it. They would have looked for DNA evidence and anything else that they wanted. Um, mm-hmm. If they had enough evidence to start digging up the back backyard or the front yard, looking for evidence that might be buried, uh, in an attempt to to hide it, they would have had a full opportunity in the last month to do that. So it's extremely unusual. What's gonna change at that crime scene that they have not already documented and tested?
0: I don't know. And one last question, Tim Dodd, are they in communication with the judge? Like, and again, we're speculating, is the judge saying like, what's going on with this? Or does everyone maybe know the deal? So they know, okay, this is the, the path we've gone down.
1: If they've executed the warrant, And they have an inventory of what the warrant disclosed in terms of what they, they have to say what they're looking for. And then they've got to return uh, a service on the warrant saying, this is what we found. Mm. Now, the warrants, yes, you have a search warrant to go look for X, Y, and Z. They report back, we found X and Z, but we didn't find Y. Now, if the the results of the search now lead to looking for more information. They go in with a second search warrant request with a new affidavit. They can get a new warrant, but it, it's it's not an open-ended thing. Okay,
0: folks. a uh, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DeFietro show. time means grill time and for the best grill get a new grill stop in and see my friends jay's broadway appliance and tv j apostrophe S yes, broadway appliance and tv located 47 cedar swamp road that's route 5 smithfield you can call them 401-949-7800 springtime summer this is the best time to grill outside they have a great selection on grills they also have a great selection on all appliances family-run business since 1963 remember you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances do you need a new refrigerator how about a new dishwasher washing machine dryer oven microwave jay's broadway appliance look for them online at jsappliance.com also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401 949 7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Don. Tim, um, up at the State House, the State Senate, boy, that was one for the ages. Uh, two-way community feeling, all right, you know, we got—they got they got two passed the judiciary, but at least one of them stalled. And then something not often seen, but, oh, okay, instead we're going to take the House bill that was submitted and we're going to put that to the Senate floor. They vote and then, boom, they ram through uh, the magazine bill. It's now just waiting for Governor McKee to sign off on it. The 2A community is threatening legal action on this.
1: This, no matter which side of this particular issue, Rhode Islanders might be on. You might be for Second Amendment rights, a thousand percent. You might be for uh, increasing controls on who can uh, own and possess weapons and the size of uh, magazines and weapons wherever you stand on the issue you should be very disturbed at the process that was used here and in, in my view this is a disturbing process development just to a brief review two as you say two of the bills did pass the one about open carry and the one about raising the age from 18 to 21 The high volume magazine issue was the one that uh, was having difficulty getting out of the Senate committee. Senate committee votes is a 6-6 vote. That's a tie. So the the motion doesn't carry. So under ordinary circumstances, and again, I'm no parliamentarian, but my understanding is on a 6-6 vote, The bill dies because it doesn't get out of committee and it never makes it to the full Senate. It doesn't make it to the floor for a full vote. Now, that's where things ended. However, those who were in favor of limiting the size of of a um, high volume um, clip, let's say, they were a little smarter than the Second Amendment people. They then had a bill in the House pending same exact language, I believe, as the, as the bill that was in the Senate. There's an obscure rule that you can ask that the House bill be brought over for an immediate vote. Immediate vote. Yep. That can be objected to. It was objected to. Once an objection is interposed to an immediate vote on the House bill, that objection, I believe, can be overridden with a two-thirds vote of um, the senators then in attendance. And they had those numbers. So the objection was overridden. They had the two thirds and they ran this thing through. Um, I've spoken with several veterans from the, uh, the state house wars. No one can remember another analogous situation to this one. Um, so it's like, well, if we're not gonna get the vote that we want on our issue, we'll bend the rules, we'll do whatever we have to get it to come out the way we want. And if this is the new paradigm, I guess those who want something to occur and they're not getting sufficient number of votes can fall back on this maneuver. Now my understanding is the maneuver is within the rules of the chamber, of the Senate chamber to do what was done but it's almost never done this way. I mean, when the abortion bill uh, to codify Roe v. Wade was um, going back and forth, something analogous but not quite so overt was in the works because they were having a hard time getting the votes on that one as well. But this is really something. Well, if we're if it's going to die in committee, let's just change the rules. Um, so it's not, I don't think a good sign for the future um, because we have a process. These bills right. go to committee. If it right. can't get out of committee, that's where it should die. Not yeah. well, Well, the committee didn't do what we want, so we'll do an end run. It's, mm. it's not good policy, it's not good process in my view.
0: I, I agree with you, Tim Dodd. Not only that, I, I would question, if you're a business person thinking of coming in here to set up shop, do business with the state, I would ask, is this how they do business? Is this possible, then, for litigation from the 2A community?
1: Yes, but, and again, I'm no parliamentarian, but my my understanding is that the the rule they pulled from obscurity is a legitimate rule, Mm. and they did not abuse the process, and they didn't violate the rule it's a rule that's there to be used it's just wow. that they never use it uh-huh.
0: folks again we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim Dodd. tim i just want to pivot just uh to this uh deshaun watson story he was uh, a quarterback for the texans certainly ran into some problems he has this thing about women and massages and uh caused them not to play for a while suddenly the uh, cleveland browns enter the picture and they basically open the vault for deshaun watson except the new york times start doing some digging they really start to illustrate um many of these accusations uh, against this deshaun watson who was this uh, phenomenal quarterback for clemson now in the nfl huge amount of money guaranteed it almost seems they were expecting the nfl to still make him sit out a while but now things have kind of blown up a little bit there's yet another, I think it was they. they exposed 68 women, uh, and I'm not laughing, came forward, uh, these allegations. He just has this thing about ordering uh, massages that obviously wants something a little bit more than just a massage. But I think the question that I'm, I'm trying to examine is, just is there, is there a potentially an out here for, for Cleveland to get out of this contract with Deshaun Watson? Because it, it sounds like Deshaun Watson and the agent they were putting everything up front, and they weren't hiding anything, and I think there was some kind of language with as long as everything had been put forward to the Browns, to the Cleveland Browns, then, then everything was intact, but it's this massive contract that they offered.
1: Yeah, it's hard to be a Browns, it's got to be hard to <laughs> be is. a Browns fan. It's not my God. impossible, yes. Um, well, to, to be serious about this, because who knows if the allegations are true, but if they're true, right. then this is a real bad, real creepy guy. Yeah. But if he disclosed the allegations against him to the Browns and said none of this is true, now there's a lawyer in Texas who has sued both um, Deshaun Watson and the um, Houston Texans because they say that the Texans facilitated or enabled these events uh, from occur to, to occur. Um, apparently, right now there's either 23 or 24 civil lawsuits which have been brought against Deshaun and/or the Texans, um, but these are civil cases, not criminal cases. Right. Um, Typically, well, I can't say typically, but I know in many circumstances, these mega contracts, one of the ways to get out of the contract is a, typically a clause that said, if, um, if the player um, were to be indicted, plead guilty to a felony, or be convicted after trial of a criminal uh, matter, that would be grounds to get out of the contract. Now, one of the problems for the Browns, I don't, and I don't know who, I don't know who negotiates for them, but this guy has a 230 million dollar contract, and I think all but like 10 million dollars is guaranteed. It was couched as a signing bonus, and it's guaranteed money. So, if he gets hurt, he gets the money. You know, if whatever happens, he gets the money unless he is convicted of a, a criminal event or pleads guilty. Now, the NFL is different than a courtroom. So in court and in, in our civil justice system or our criminal justice system, he's presumed innocent unless and until he is found guilty or acknowledges his participation in a crime. Right. And from a civil side, it, nothing has been proved against him. Not one person has testified in a courtroom yet. My understanding further, John, is that two separate grand juries have looked into this guy from a criminal standpoint. Yep. And in both of the two grand juries, uh, they return no true bill. They failed to indict him. Right. And as we know, a grand jury is spoon fed what the prosecution wants that grand jury to hear. Um, The the old adage is you can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. So it's a one-sided presentation by the prosecutors putting their best foot forward. So if two grand juries decline to indict this guy, you would question the strength of the criminal charges which are being floated around out there that he did these things of a sexual nature. But that's courtrooms. Right. The NFL can do whatever it wants. Sure. Uh, and, and they've suspended people for far less. Right. But Not one allegation has been proved against this guy yet. So if and when the NFL decides he needs to be suspended for a period of time and he appeals the suspension, you know, he, he might be in a pretty good position to say these are allegations. If you're going to suspend players based upon allegations with no further proof, this whole league is going to be in serious trouble.
0: Mm. folks quick break much more ahead legal expert attorney tim dodd right here on the john de show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401 885-4209 good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call their rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in, R- in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus we're well, speaking with our legal expert uh, attorney tim Dodd. tim now this is interesting how and it's very unusual. Seven Stars Bakery employees are starting a unionization process and also Starbucks on the national level. Um, I, I'd like to hear your your thoughts on. Well, both of them, I, I think, you know, these are businesses that operate on very, very thin margins. But um, what, what are we to make of the, the process that both of them may become unionized?
1: Well, you know, um, Starbucks, I think employs approximately 50 people, excuse me, seven stars employs, maybe 50 people, Starbucks nationally, thousands and thousands of people. My understanding that over 200 Starbucks in the last year have voted to unionize. And I'm sure seven stars is watching all of this. And, um, I'm sure that um, the local union that's trying to get them to unionize is talking to the local Starbucks people and the local Seven Stars people. Mm. Um, The Starbucks vote, I think it's at the Warwick location, um, apparently is either a tie vote or they're one vote short and there's two disputed ballots. So we don't know if the vote of the local Starbucks will ultimately be to unionize or to vote not to unionize. Yep. Um, and it's interesting, the union activists at the local Starbucks say, quote, we all deserve a bigger piece of the pie and a seat at the table. Well, okay. On what basis do you deserve a right. bigger piece of the pie? And on what basis do you deserve a seat at the table? I mean, you can look at both sides of this, but if I was the owner of this franchise and put up hundreds of thousands of dollars to acquire it, I think I should have the biggest seat at the table. And I I, I just don't. The biggest
0: piece of pie.
1: And the biggest piece of pie. Yeah. And I I don't know really the mindset that says I deserve a seat at the table and I deserve a bigger piece of the pie because I pour coffee all day. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I
0: think if, if anything, if this goes forward, I mean... They'll be out of business. About, yeah, I think they'll be out of business within a year. Seven
1: think, stars, yeah. Seven Stars, one of their union supporters said, we have to get better pay across the board mm-hmm. and a better pathway to full-time employment. Well, if they're looking for full-time employment, that's because they're looking for health care benefits, right. vacation benefits, yeah. et cetera. And yeah. as you say, with the margins that uh, Seven Stars... Um, is working off of. I'm not sure how much they can absorb this. One of the other union activists at at, uh, Seven Stars said, you know, I don't want to have to work and rely on tips so that I can feed my family. Well, so I guess if they unionize, what, the tip jars are going away? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, This is reminiscent uh, of what
0: one of the progressives uh, uh, said that the streetwalkers in Providence should all unionize and then have collective bargaining power. I mean, there's a part of this, Tim Dodd, where reality seems to leave the conference room.
1: Yes, and, and I fully respect unions, and I fully respect that there are many organizations where, based on working conditions, pay issues, et cetera, unionizing is necessary and appropriate. Um, I don't know. I I go into seven stars occasionally. I think their prices are awfully high. The same with Starbucks. And if I'm the owner or managers of either of these establishments, I'm not sure how to absorb the, the additional cost of union benefits, union pay, et cetera how high I can have to raise my prices before people start saying, forget this, I'm going to go somewhere else. I I don't know where that tipping point is, but it seems to be a factor that may or may not be considered by these organizers because they might get themselves unionized and have jobs cut instead of added because something's going to give. You can't just keep paying more money no. without raising prices to a point that people are going to say, well, maybe I won't get this cup of coffee. Maybe I'll just go to Dunkin' Donuts where it's less expensive. Right.
0: And I already heard one of the areas that really get in trouble is the whole job description where, you know, you have three people making coffee and they say, hey, Bill, you know, Frank called out six. So I'm going to need you to work the register. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. That's I, I just make the coffee. If you want me to do that job, then I get time and a half. I mean, you could see where this thing would go off track pretty easily. And, but for- Jen,
1: there was a there was a movement a few years back, if you'll recall, I forget if it was Burger King or McDonald's or both, there was a movement to unionize those workers, which I believe sort of lost traction. But, you know, those establishments were going to have to look long and hard on keeping franchise locations open or not, because... Right absorbing the additional costs of having union employees um, when you're selling coffee or fast food or muffins like uh, Seven Stars does, um, to absorb those costs without putting your prices to a point that people don't wanna come in anymore. It's a a very delicate balancing act. It is. I'm not sure these workers will be better off unionized or better off not, I don't know. And I'm sure your union uh, Uh, proponents who listen won't agree with any of this. And I respect that, but there's a fine line here between your employment and the viability of the business.
0: Yeah. Um, Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, two more stories. Judge McGurl finally has come out with her uh, basic report on the whole situation in North Kingstown. Just wondering any legal thoughts or anything that jumped out at you on that.
1: Well, the judge, I I did a very comprehensive job, I think based upon what's available to her. Um, she's a great judge. She always did a very thorough job and this was no different. Um, the only thing that jumped out at me is all of the elected officials who hear this report, they're all claiming that to be sickened by it, shocked by it, et cetera. Mm. But the most, I think the most telling, um, quote, was the town council president Mancini, he said, what astonished him most was that McGurl, Judge McGurl, found no evidence of any student ever reporting the fat testing to a teacher, a coach, or an administrator, or to a parent. So, until somebody came forward saying, I have a problem with this, and now you've got a conga line of young men coming forward, I guess, looking to file lawsuits against the school department and or the coach, if the judge found no evidence of any student reporting the fat testing to a teacher, a coach, an administrator, or a, administrator, or a parent, um, did the young men who were playing for the coach and getting the fat test. Did they have a real problem with this? I'm not condoning what was done here. I, I, I certainly don't think I would ever do such a thing if I was the coach, but what occurred here is clearly not criminal. Um, I'm not sure where there are actionable damages. Mm. And um, I was somewhat surprised that the judge came away finding no students complaining. I found yeah. that to be quite telling.
0: Yeah. Um, And again, there have been no charges brought in that case. And Dodd, finally, you know, all of this noise they're making about the January 6th commission, it certainly raises the question whether or not they're going to try to indict former President Trump. Do you see any type of indictment coming down the pike here?
1: No, um, I, I don't think there would be an indictment. Again, an indictment is after the case is presented to a grand jury and they can be spoon fed. But what's happening with this June, uh, January sixth committee isn't even like a grand jury. I mean, they're hiding the ball. They're not. They're not presenting all the available evidence, all the available video. They're not speaking to all the important players who were present or were part of the chain of command or making decisions as to what happened that day. The lead person, who's whatever he says, the media seems to run with it like for days. Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, the same guy who said he had seen the evidence of um, President Trump's collusion with Russia. He'd seen the evidence. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. Hmm. He's now the guy saying that there's sufficient information to indict the president regarding his involvement with with the January 6th events. So if Adam Schiff is the guy who's spewing this... Good luck. um, Good luck. And the media... (laughs) dutifully reports it it's it's an it's astonishing they this without any reflection without any consideration of what's before this committee what they're reporting out and who's the guy that's talking about the fact that the president could be indicted it's adam schiff if this ever was investigated by the um, justice department if it ever was they would have to do a more thorough investigation than this political slant, slanted, you know, exercise. I mean, it's, it's it would be, it would be humorous if it wasn't so sad that, mm-hmm. you know, President Trump is so well in the head of all these Democrats, they're gonna keep pounding the as much as they can and getting the media to go along to keep the president on the ropes, that he's gonna be indicted that you know, he did all these terrible things um, to keep painting him negatively in the media. So, so people who are uninformed might either hear a blurb on the news and say, oh, there's enough evidence to indict the president. Well, they're going to take that as a true statement, even though it isn't. Right.
0: Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again.
1: Thanks, John. Take care.
0: Brother's Disposal. Call them today, 401 688 0517. Brother's Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage, clean out your basement, clean out your attic. Old toys, old things you don't even use anymore, old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home, and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month. Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brothers Disposal today. Whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings, get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brothers Disposal. 401 401- right at the website, dipetro.com. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coïcid Inn. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coïcid Inn, or an Island Tradition, since 1977, located 226 Coïcid Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them and gift certificates are available. The Coïcid Inn, 226 Coïcid Avenue in west warwick remain healthy stop it and see marie and it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant.